0: Hi, my friend. How are you? Listen, I got that kid I was talking to you about here. I'm going to put him on the phone and let you talk to him, okay? Hi. Hello? Is that Frank? Yes. you, Frank. This is Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, yeah. Glad to meet you. Well, glad to meet you, too. Even if it's over the phone. I heard you paint houses. Yes, yes, sir. I, I do. I do. And I, uh... I also do my own carpentry. Ah, I'm glad to hear that. I understand you're a brother of mine. Yes, sir. Local 107, since 1947. Yeah, you know, uh, our friend speaks very highly of you. Thank you. He's not an easy man to please. Well,
1: I do my best. Check out the way that Al Pacino pronounces the word phone in that clip. Can we hear that again, just that bit? Well, glad to meet you, too, even if it's over the phone. It's amazing, isn't it? like a little sing-song. The Irishman, Martin Scorsese's latest and 25th fiction feature film, is full of these remarkable grace-note moments where either Pacino, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci or Scorsese himself or his longtime editor Thelma Schoonmaker or any number of others relax a little bit in full command of their machine, playful but serious, totally on top of their game and you might argue doing a little bit of showboating on their victory lap because make no mistake this is a victory lap possibly the last chance that Scorsese and De Niro will ever have to work together on something significant as I mentioned earlier Scorsese is 77 De Niro and Joe Pesci coaxed out of retirement for this project are 76 Pacino is 79 Mind you, Clint Eastwood's latest film has just come out and he's 89, so I guess you never know what's going to happen next. De Niro has wanted to make this film an epic true story of mob life spanning several decades for donkey's years, but by the time they got it all together, they realised that the actors were too old to play younger versions of themselves. Thanks to expensive digital Botox, all the leads were able to play all the scenes, and movie magic, you know, mostly, makes them look like they are in their 40s and 50s. De Niro plays Frank Sheeran, a World War II veteran, a truck driver and union organiser, and mob enforcer and hitman. When we meet him, he's sitting in a wheelchair, alone in a retirement home, looking for someone to talk to. And that's us.
0: I was one of a thousand working stiffs until I wasn't no more. You got a good friend here. You don't know how good a friend you got. Russell, he took a shine to me right away. After a while, he started giving me little things to do.
1: We flash back to the 1950s and Frank is having truck trouble on a delivery run and he's helped out by a little guy who knows a thing or two about engines... Frank doesn't know this yet, but the little dude is Russell Buffalino, played by Joe Pesci, a made guy in the Pennsylvania mafia and a man with a lot of, shall we say, diverse business interests. Helped out of a sticky legal situation by a shady lawyer who's also Russell's cousin, Bill Buffalino, played by Ray Romano, Sheeran ends up on mob radar, eventually working direct for Russell in whatever nefarious schemes required the kind of remorse-free death dealing that Sheeran specialised in.
0: Frank, I want you to meet my cousin, Russell Buffalino. Better watch, there's a lot of tough guys around here, did he tell you? You're not afraid of tough guys, are mean, I didn't think so.
1: It's interesting, isn't it, that in Scorsese films, De Niro hardly ever gets to play an actual Italian. Jimmy Conway in Goodfellas, Sam Rothstein in Casino, Rupert Pupkin in The King of Comedy, Jimmy Doyle in New York, New York, need I go on? It's almost as if Scorsese doesn't think De Niro is Italian enough to play an Italian in his pictures. Anyway, I digress. Russell Buffalino introduces Sheeran to the notorious union boss Jimmy Hoffa, Al Pacino. Hoffer is one of the most powerful men in America. His Teamsters Union had over a million members, and the union pension money was the most desirable investment fund in the country, especially if you were a career criminal and there was no other way to get hold of that sort of money. Teamsters' dollars and mafia muscle built Las Vegas, but by this point of the story there are Kennedys in government, and Bobby, as Attorney General, is determined to root out corruption in the union movement. Hoffer needs protection, and Sheeran is his man, eventually being rewarded with the presidency of his own branch. They call them locals, I think, in America. But Hoffer has trouble from within, too. Anthony Tony Pro Provenzano, played by English actor Stephen Graham, who has protection from the Genovese family, is playing up good and proper. Don't forget, Hoffer was corrupt, but he wasn't mafia. He wasn't protected. He just thought he was untouchable
0: can you believe this weather frank huh it's 85 degrees outside perfect hey tony Jimmy, Jimmy. people freezing to death in new york and look at us hey. why we don't live here all year round is what i want to know oh. beautiful it's summer what it's summer people aren't freezing to death in new york it's summer In my mind, it's always eight degrees in New York. I'm making a point. Making a point? Making a point, dressing like that? How you dress for a meeting? And this is how you dress in Florida? In a suit? For a meeting? Anywhere. Florida, Timbuktu, I dress in a suit. For a meeting. And you're late. What?
1: Thrown out of his union after going to jail for witness tampering, Hoffa becomes even more of a thorn in the side of the mob, an ego unrestrained by anyone else's influence. Taciturn and loyal, Sheeran attempts to act as a go between, communicating mob unhappiness and Hoffa frustration backwards and forwards until something has to give. Sheeran and Hoffer were great friends. Their families socialised together and in the film, Hoffer is much more popular with Sheeran's daughter Peggy, played by Anna Paquin, than Sheeran himself. She has more than an inkling of how her dad brings home the bacon, but somehow doesn't think of her Uncle Jimmy as being that sort of guy. I guess he didn't have to be when he had Sheeran to pull the trigger for him. It's this devotion that makes what happens next so painful for Sharon and for us, the audience. Like so many of Scorsese's gangster pictures, he gets under the skin of these characters who do such awful things to other awful people, for the most part, revealing the deep human contradictions and the impossible toll taken by a life of violence. You leave,
0: and it was traffic. Yeah, it's traffic. <laughs> Wasn't it traffic? You give me traffic. traffic. What do you What, what do you want from us? It was bumper to bumper. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it's bad, you know. Traffic. I never waited for anyone who was late more than 10 minutes in my life. I'd say 15. 15's right. No, 10. I don't think so. 10's not enough. You have to take traffic into account. That's, that's what I'm doing. Huh? I'm taking traffic into account. That's why it's 10. I still say 15. No, 10. Fine we disagree on that. Well, How about on. 12 and a half minute? There we go. Twelve <laughs> and a half. in the middle, right is in the middle. Beautiful. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, more than 10 is saying something. He's saying something to me. I'm here.
1: Hmm. It
0: says what it says.
1: I keep calling the Irishman a gangster film, but that's really just the milieu that we're in. It's so much more than just that. In many ways, it is an old man's meditation on growing old, the diminution of your powers, the reduction in your relevance. The tragedy of the Irishman is that Sharon never quite comes to that realisation. He doesn't rat to the cops, even though all his co-conspirators are long dead. He is determined to be laid to rest in a mausoleum rather than cremated or buried because he thinks that'll keep his body around for longer, stave off his inevitable erasure from planet Earth. The film is also an old man's version of those virtuoso Scorsese, Pesci, De Niro films of the 90s, Goodfellas and Casino. It has the same stylistic elements, the flashbacks, the voiceover, the montages. It even knowingly recycles some of the music and set pieces from those films. But everything happens at a much gentler pace, a more considered pace. You might argue that the film is worried about breaking a hip but I think it's also demonstrating how artists with that amount of collective experience and security in their achievements can relax and inhabit their roles more fully than we have seen in years, maybe ever. Pesci in particular is a revelation. None of the annoying tics and habits that made him famous just a quiet earnestness and intensity that still dominates every scene he's in. De Niro is fantastic too. When you consider Joker, what a year he's had. De Niro plays an inarticulate outsider, a pleaser. It's one of those rare, low status characters for him, and he's marvelous.
0: I know you read a lot of things about me. I just want to say I'm sorry. I know I wasn't a good dad. I know that. I know that. I was just trying to, to protect all of you. From what? You didn't see what I see, what I've been through.
1: The Irishman is rated R13 for violence, cruelty, and offensive language, so much so that I'm amazed we found any clips that weren't full of enthusiastic and vivid cursing. Its theatrical run might be coming to an end, but it is streaming exclusively on Netflix roundabout now. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.